1: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, where a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 261. The extremely lovely Katie Steele joins us on the podcast today in support of her brand new record, Big Star. It came out on Friday and it is a brilliant record with some sonic nods to the 80s and some fantastic songwriting by Katie and her partner, Graham. Before we get into today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods from and follow us across all of our socials, whether that be Instagram, YouTube or TikTok, Links for all can be found in the episode show notes. Our guest today is Katie Steele. For anyone born in the 80s or 90s, the name Katie Steele is synonymous with the indie rock band Little Birdie. Gaining popularity in the 2000s, the rock band from Perth immediately struck a chord with music lovers for a multitude of reasons, but I think that Katie's distinctive voice was one of the strongest of them. The band's former frontwoman struck out on her own in 2016 with her debut record, Human, and last week returned with her second studio record, which is entitled, Big Star. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic when I say I think that this record is going to be one of the best Australian albums released this year. Katie and her husband Graham wrote this record together and it pays homage to both the sound of the 80s and to artists like The Weeknd and it kind of perfectly straddles the line between both. In today's episode, we're talking to Katie about what it was like working with her husband for the first time in a musical and professional sense. We talk about how this record is a brand new chapter in the musical life of Katie Steele and kind of where these influences came from. We discuss how fans and ways to interact have changed over the last 20 years with TikTok playing a part in that. And then we also discuss how touring has changed now that Katie is a mum. Speaking of touring, she is heading out on a huge tour around the country next month in July. We've included all the details of that tour in today's show notes so you can go ahead and purchase tickets and catch these brilliant songs live. We've also made sure that links where you can stream and buy the record are in the show notes. So please make sure you get onto that after listening to this episode. We do want to say a massive thank you to Shari from Great Company Collective for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Katie Steele. To, this song is yours, Katie Steele. Hello, welcome.
0: Hello, thank you. <laughs>
1: How are you today, Katie?
0: Good, yeah. Um, yeah, just good trying to um, just been trying to record a live, a couple of live songs for Rolling Stone, and uh, the gear is complicated, so we haven't started that yet, but <laughs> <laughs> doing that after this, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, really busy at the moment. Um, of
1: course mm. there is a um, there's a brilliant brand new record out by yourself Mm -hmm. for anyone who might have missed it but hopefully they haven't Um, the record is Big Star it is out now it is a I want to say and please correct me if any of these uh, words you might not agree with I want to say it's a big bombastic kind of love affair to the 80s in a record it is a lovely record Um, so congratulations firstly on this album
0: thanks yeah
1: thanks (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how are you finding, um, the? Re- I guess, the reaction and the reception to the album so far?
0: Yeah, really good. So far, yeah. It's only been like three days um, or maybe four days. Um, yeah, so far the reaction's been amazing. Um, everyone seems to, like, really be um, loving it. Um, but, yeah, it's early days um, and... You know, we've still got like um, still kind of finalizing like the live show and stuff, so there's always like stuff to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's a good way of describing it. It's definitely like a love affair with uh, with the '80s. I definitely agree with that.
1: Sonically, it is a a gorgeous record. It's um, very, I would say, '80s tinged, but in in the best way possible. And this is it's. a, a Oh, somewhat of a departure i want to say that human the previous solo record from yourself had elements of that but this is fully committed was there a decision i guess from the get-go that you wanted to sonically change the sound or did it kind of evolve as the album came about
0: yeah it just kind of happened naturally um you know i was kind of planning on going into a studio and just getting, like, a bunch of singers and doing, like, a real kind of mellow (laughs) record Uh, kind of changed, obviously. But uh, it was super organic. It was me and my partner. Um, He hadn't really done any production before. And we kind of just started tinkering. And, yeah, it turns out he's a really good producer. (laughs) It's just, like, us writing the songs together, searching... Creating uh, experiment, like a lot of experimenting. Um, you know, a lot of uh, back and forth with songs. Like some songs had like three or four versions. I'm not even exaggerating. Like I wish I could play them to you right now. Falling apart started off as like a full up tempo. You know, influenced by like The Weekend and like you know that that real sound that's out at the moment. Like uh, you know, just up tempo '80s, I guess. And mm-hmm. you know, it was like Two months ago, that we hadn't finished that song. It was all very like down to the wire with this record, um, and then yeah, it was literally like the night before the deadline. We we finished that song, so you know it's been a real, it's a bit of a relief to be honest to get the album out. <laughs> because it's been a real, um, a real challenge, I guess, and a real. It's been a real labour of love. Like we kind of didn't leave any stone unturned, and we weren't you know, we're really, I guess, hard on ourselves on what the standard was gonna be, you know, and that just happened naturally as well. I think we're both like, you know, quite picky or I guess we just yeah, we just wanted to make an amazing record. But at the time you just kind of like it's a lot it's a lot to make a whole record all by yourself. Like, you know, that's why we struggled. It was we didn't we didn't we didn't have a label, you know, we don't I don't have a publisher right now, like you know, I don't really have, I, I kind of bounce off my brother Luke and bounce off like family members and stuff. But, you know, generally we're pretty insular. You know, we just kind of like hold ourselves away and and went for it. And, yeah, it's been pretty hard like, you know, emotionally to, to get it across the line. So I'm, I'm glad that people are enjoying it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is um it is. I, I will continue to sing the praises of it. I think it's also anyone who's listening will be able to find... We'll make sure that it, um, the album and where you can buy it, stream it, everything is in the links to this podcast. It's also Double J's uh, album of the week, I believe. Mm. But have you found that obviously in the time that you've been within the industry as we're discussing, uh, sorry, as we're talking today, I can see a little birdie um, plaque behind you in that room. Um, (laughs) And then there's obviously your solo project now. With the freedom that comes with being an independent artist in 2023, I know you just mentioned there that certain challenges, but do you find that it does work in your favour? Is it something that you prefer to kind of have this freedom to be able to create on your own schedule, on your own time?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I've talked about that a bit. Like, you know, we just had no, you know, as hard as that was, it was fucking awesome to be able to just do whatever the hell you wanted. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. And, and you know, we, we, we've we never expected anyone to even like this record because we just didn't even think it was that, like we didn't think it was amazing. We just, we just did what we, we thought was the best for the song and, like I said, like uh, when we started, Graham wasn't, and he still doesn't even, if you spoke to him right now, he probably wouldn't consider himself a producer, but he clearly is because he's absolutely nailed it. Um, you know, we had people helping. Like we had our live drummer playing some of the songs. We had backing singers and we had an amazing guy come in and play Sins, Josiah. You no, know, we had people adding elements. But, you know, at the end of the day, me and Graham were the ones sitting there like going through all the like yeah, you know, there's just like thousands of like different takes of things, and like yeah, it, it's a lot of you know a lot of work to really you know just scour through all the stuff that you have, and like I said, you've got three different versions of songs, you've got this, you've got that, like you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, like yeah, that it it is it is amazing. Like I think now what you can do um. By yourselves, um and it is kind of really cool. Like it, it makes you just feel so proud when you do put it out and people are like, This is amazing and it's like, you know what, we did this all by ourselves, like and you know, there's a real power in that and there's a real power in, you know, social media now which there's another side to that as well it kind of feels like you've been working two years on a record and you're like you know it all comes down to this one instagram post and and you know we struggle with that a bit it's a bit like what <laughs> this is how everyone finds out about my music now is you know through these through this this one way but you know that that's not really true exactly like you've got still got radio you still got tv you still got ways of of people finding your music but yeah it, it is there's there's pluses and minuses I think to everything um sometimes you just miss the good old days as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can very much appreciate that I think speaking of things boiling down to like a post on a social media app there was um and I won't on this for a long point, but I think there was a viral video going around in the last few weeks of yourself and a gentleman who you might have been filming a music video for this record oh, and he's yeah. come up and recognised you as Little Birdie and just seems to... um, Well, he he refers to you as Little Birdie yourself yeah. um, and then seems to just kind of uh, lose his cool as as obviously he's, he's a big fan. Have you found that, I guess, in both ways that social media works, that that has been a bit of a... um. Uh, a blessing in in a certain way of of younger people finding your music through Little Birdies, your uh, your solo music through things like that.
0: TikTok, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of gone semi-viral. I don't know how much that has, like,
1: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast.
0: I think that's the thing about TikTok. It's kind of like, you know, things like this happen. And you're like, well, does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's something to talk about, but it's like, well, has anyone found my music from that? Who knows? But it's funny. It was really funny, and um, you know, anything, uh, everything helps these days, I guess, um, because the market is just so crowded. You know, you could, you could spend a million dollars on promoting a record, and you know, how many people would even see that? You know, the algorithms, and you know, there's so many things now to consider. So many things that make it hard and then there's so many things that make it easier so it's it's really just about you know what we keep telling ourselves is uh this is just the first of many records like you know we're not going anywhere we've got like a really good uh work ethic and we've got a really good you know plan for like all the new music that we want to keep doing so it's kind of like yeah i kind of just see this record as um like like a rebirth record really you know like the first of just feels like the start of a new chapter and it feels awesome yeah
1: that's super exciting um,
0: yeah. before
1: you mentioned working with um, Graham your partner on the record was this the first time you guys had collaborated in like a yeah. I guess a professional sense what what yeah, yeah. that on what brought that idea on
0: well it was co- like COVID kind of happened so we were just kind of at home and we we ha- we'd had set up as a home studio and yeah, we just kind of started tinkering, and like it just yeah, it happened super naturally. Um, just started buying more gear, like you know we were stuck in Perth, you know in in this, you know we couldn't leave, but we were also like free to kind of live our lives, like not so different to what you guys were going through on the east coast, but and the rest of the world, you know we were kind of stuck in this little paradise, but it was strange mm. because like the rest of the world was you know, going through this crazy, you know, part of their lives that, we, we, you know, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. And so we just kind of, yeah, we had more time, I guess, like we had, and we had, you know, we bought a lot of gear, so we were experimenting, that like we bought a Juno, we bought all kinds of stuff, mics and, and synths, and we are just, yeah, just trying stuff. And then it just kind of like Feels So Bad it was probably one of the first songs that, you know, I started, you know, both, both realized, I guess that Graham's got a good knack for writing like cool guitar riffs, which is something that I obviously never do. So yeah, that's, that song's all about that cool riff. Mm-hmm. And, um, don't leave your light on or dilo has got a really cool riff as well. Um, yeah, so it was kind of just super organic and, you know, he's got really good taste. Um, so he's kind of really brought that in. Um, I like to think I've got good taste too, but I think he's got like, he's kind of brought that 80s thing and, you know, I think he's quite tasteful with how he's brought that in, and then I'm quite picky as well with like sonically, like what I like. Um, so I think it's a good balance. Yeah, I think we obviously work pretty well together. So
1: well, I would agree with that. With the end result that we've received, I would agree. The um, the the record. <laughs> It has a number of highlights. I want to be slightly selfish and ask about my favourite track if possible. Um, It was The End Is Near. I thought that just encapsulated everything on the album. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) glad
0: you said that because, like, that's fully what we thought as well. Like, (laughs) when we got uh, Dave Hammer on board to mix, that was the first song that he mixed. He only mixed seven tracks, but, um, yeah, he just sent the mix back and we were like, oh, my God. Like, he loved that song as well. And um, yeah, I feel like it's like a real placeholder for the rest of the record. It's kind of like it really does—I don't know—somehow sum up sonically like the whole thing. I don't know,
1: but exactly. I, I when listening to it, I listened to the record a few times in a row, which um, we were very kind enough to get uh, before it came out, and it just was. I, I kept coming back to that track. I think that track oh, is yeah. is the record in a three to four minute <laughs> pop song, yeah, which is fantastic.
0: I know. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was funny because when we did that one, it was it's one of the simplest ones, and it, you know, it's just like that. It's like an SV2. I've got like a core keyboard, and you know, it's just that sound with a bit of chorus. I think, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think it must have been like the first time that Graham just kind of finally understood, like, you know, like the sonics of what he was doing, and I think he just like nailed it on that song, and, <laughs> and then we just didn't really like touch it. We're like, yep, that one's done, like, because some of them just have taken fucking forever. Um, but that was one of the ones that was, like, the most simple, and it was cool because I wrote that. I did a demo of that, and it was just on piano, and it sounds cool like that as well. Um, I guess as well, but, you know, the thing about that song is that it's a good it's a good song. Um, it's a simple song, so it, it works kind of, it would work in most ways, I think, quite well, but, like, we were totally going for that um cindy Lauper, you know um wow there's another song i heard the other day that's a full reference um yeah cindy Lauper. um there's a kim wilde song called um you came and it's like those high like a lot of those mm. tracks use those high bell like i just love all that stuff like i'm always like there's bells on there <laughs> love those kind of
1: it, it, the track also does it without a way that I feel, um, I know you mentioned The weekend before, and I know that there's a few artists that use kind of 80s as an inspiration today. There was never a time where it felt unnatural or overused or did it, that it seemed out of place. It seemed to just be this lovely, organic evolution of the song, which I thought was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Like, you know, again, that's Graham kind of saying like, it's yeah it's got to be like tasteful and and i think we both have always agreed that you know we didn't want to do anything too like too 80s or too nostalgic because you know it still has to sit in like this modern world like we weren't oh. doing this i think they call it throwbacks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, we we're trying to yeah do that we didn't want to emulate the 80s it's like we just wanted to be influenced by those tones because they're so dreamy and like yeah, just yeah. It's kind of like a yeah. It's an influence, but it's still, you know, a big thing that I always say is like, you know, we we were trying to go for that nostalgia where it's like you're like I feel like I've heard this before, but 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 I haven't. It's like then you want to hear it again, <laughs> and it makes you. Hopefully, it makes you feel. You know, hopefully, it makes you create. Like this is what the biggest thing is. Like music should just make you create new memory like it should be a part of your life at that at the time when you hear it you know and our drummer um we sent him the record and he was in Thailand when he heard it and he's like so glad I heard this this is my soundtrack for my Thailand holiday and it's like (laughs) you know you know what I mean it's like it has to fit in your life and and hopefully you know it's like a good smell like a good smell just reminds you of uh that time that you first smelled that that smell you
1: know what I mean? One hundred percent. It. Um, what was it? I think the, the third or fourth time I listened to it, I had it on in the car, and it was also it's a it's a fantastic driving record for anyone yeah. who. Um, I'm not sure we're in Adelaide at the moment, and the weather is a little bit overcast. But for a good driving day, it's a definitely mm-hmm. a uh, windows down, suns out kind of a record. yeah which, yeah. yeah yeah. we were trying <laughs> totally trying to get that blab That's cool that you said that. Is um I know you mentioned before the live show, is I guess can we expect that same kind of vibe? Are we gonna have a full band on this upcoming tour?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like me plus three people. So Graham will be playing in the band, um, and then two other two other guys. Um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna hopefully sound exactly like the record. So yeah. There's magic ways we can do that now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Are you excited about getting out there and, and playing some of these songs?
0: Yeah, super excited, yeah. Yeah, it's sounding amazing already. There's um, there's three songs from the record we haven't learned yet, so we've got to get on that pretty quick sticks. But um, other than that, yeah, it's sounding amazing. Um, my new drummer as well, he's going to be singing as well. Like I've never had many vocalists in the band, which always... But Graham's uh, scattered throughout the record. Um, he features on End Engineer and "Feel So Bad" and a couple of songs. And um, so, yeah, I've got to get uh, got to get him singing as well. He's uh, a bit shy, so I've got to <laughs> get him. He's to just get more comfortable.
1: <laughs> I'm sure a little bit of liquid courage and um, audience participation <laughs> and, and cheering him on will get him get him sorted. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Gotta get the crowd screaming
1: his name before we go out. <laughs> I'm very, I'm ve- We'll um, be coming to see you when you're here in Adelaide. I think in a few, a uh, oh, few cool. weeks. So very excited to see both yourself and Graham now. Now that we oh, know that cool. he'll be there. Yeah. Has, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, it, it, probably a bit of a silly or obvious question, but obviously, in the time between Little Birdie and even Human and, and then touring now, I imagine that things have changed. You do um, uh, have, have, have children now, I imagine the, the dynamic and and how you operate touring would be a very different beast from what it was 15, 20 years ago.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very different now. I mean, to be honest, I haven't really been on a tour, uh, in a while because COVID was, you know, took what, two and a half, three years of all of our lives. Um, and yeah, the, the last tour I did, my child was four months old, so my mum came on the road and was a nanny, and um, that was great because, she, you know, she was a baby and she just slept, like, the whole time. But, yeah, they're definitely at different ages now, so they're going to be staying back back here, um, and we're just kind of doing, like, a FIFO, like, flying in and flying out, so makes it super expensive, but um, it's kind of the only way you can do it. Um, yeah, so... That's what's happening with us, but yeah, it'd be hard to leave them, but it's also my job. So,
1: <laughs> of course, and I think yeah. the the FIFO way. I think we've spoken to a number of artists who have young children, and and obviously people that they need to be around for. And it it is kind of the um, having mum and dad on the road for a number of weeks just isn't isn't a plausible thing anymore, and it just makes sense to to do so. So, um, I know that there's a lot of people uh excited to see yourself on the road um i know we mentioned just before about whether there's any excitement is there anything that i guess uh that you maybe haven't missed about being on the road or that definitely you're glad that it's been a while between do
0: tours? Um, uh definitely the the flight costs are not something i've missed <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah it's uh so expensive to tour right now so it's um you know, it's a little bit scary I guess um you know because people are quite slow to buy tickets um so that that's kind of you know it's just different that's different you know back in the day it was like pe- you know people would just buy tickets like straight away and and all that um but no I mean I just miss like um yeah connecting with everyone like it's been I've got some seriously amazingly loyal hardcore fans that you know I just um want to want to sing for them and you know want to kind of reach a new audience as well um i feel like this record is really kind of destined to meet a whole other audience that that haven't even heard of me yet um you know and that's been happening a lot on social media recently it's a lot of people like man i've never heard of you before this is like amazing and that's the whole goal like i'm not really looking to um reach the little birdie fan base anymore because that's it's a whole different thing. Um, this is like a whole new, a new phase. And I think like, if I do pull it off, it'd be bloody amazing because there's a lot lot of solo artists that go on and it's really hard to lose that, that label of the band that you were once in, you know, um, especially in Australia. So hopefully it, uh, just keeps moving in that direction of, you know, reaching new fans, you know, um, young, probably a younger audience as well, I'd say, um, and yeah, hopefully, just through touring and playing lots of festivals, it's, it's the way it's going to happen.
1: One hundred percent. I don't want to um, mm-hmm. to steal your own words, but I think a, a quote that you said earlier in this interview, in terms of that this album being a, a big, brand new refresh, almost or like a, a new oh, Rebirth, chapter. Rebirth. I said yeah. Rebirth. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Where I think mm-hmm. that's definitely and and obviously there's a lot of love for Little Birdie and so there should be a brilliant group and a lot of fantastic songwriting, but I think that this record as well is an exciting new step for yourself and personally as a fan, very excited to see where this step takes you because I'm sure, um, look, I realise that it might be coming across as a little bit um, sucking up or whatever, but I'm sure that this album at the end of the year is going to be one of the best Aussie albums that is released this oh. year. So, um,
0: yes, I'm so. that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> That'd
1: be good. It? Uh, look, we'll have you back on at the end of the year, and I'm sure my word is still going to be true, and that I stand oh, by no. that. <laughs> you got to put
0: money on it. Let's put money
1: on it. Um, <laughs> if if it is not, there will be. I'll I'll get in contact with um the the lovely Shari, um, and yeah. uh there'll be a crisp fifty sent from Adelaide to Perth. Done. <laughs> pineapple? You're going to
0: send me a
1: pineapple? <laughs> we'll get a pineapple sorted. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. Um,
1: Katie yeah. you would ask our guests uh, what they're currently listening to is there anything at the moment that is um on high rotation in your household
0: um well we play a lot of Harry Styles just because like um my daughter likes it and I really like it too I think he's I think he's awesome I love anyways with all the best <laughs> producers so you know it sounds awesome um, but yeah we were listening to like. um Ugh, I don't know, she wants to listen to um, Aqua all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fluffy girl that's been, ha- that's been um, getting played a lot around the house but in terms of adult music uh, man, I don't even know because I've just been so busy like um, working on this release um, uh, I don't know, I like that new Post Malone song I, I reckon he's cool man um got mm. some cool songs uh for, for you know generic pop he's pretty cool um uh, i don't know i can't really think right now i should probably can i just quickly look at my spotify of course yeah Please. that's not big star <laughs> 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 recently played yeah my record post malone barbie girl that's about it oh um Actually, it's probably going to get getting announced like in the next two days. But we've got um, Morton supporting for like Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, and so I've been listening to her a lot. She's really good.
1: Oh, awesome! We will yeah. make sure that we um, put her music as well uh, in the show notes of this episode, as well as where people can find the tour dates for yourself and where to purchase and stream Big Star. Um, awesome, Katie. Thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate it, and yeah. thank you for coming onto the podcast.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.